right. We're live. <laughs> we are. It's Alien 3, though. Alien cubed. Alien is the third power. <laughs> oh, I I was not ready. I would have drank something different had I known this how this was going to go. <laughs> yeah, this one's a little rough. <laughs> I think Josh's still in shock. What? <laughs> Josh has not said a word. I'm just so... No. Okay, so I will say, at least this was not two and a half hours. Right. right out there. When I saw the runtime for this one, I was just like, oh, good. One that's yeah. under two hours. Perfect. Right. Yeah. So I was able to watch, because um, I have these on DVD, I was able to watch a special feature of like the making of um, featurette. And it actually went back to like one and did little snippets of each of them as well. And I want to say to everyone that has an issue with saying this is a horror film, for me, genre is is what the creator wanted it to be, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Even if you don't like it and you disagree with them, if they say it is this, it is this. Mm -hmm. um, everyone that worked on these movies continually talked about wanting to scare people. Mm -hmm. It is a horror franchise. Whether or not it's good, that's another story. But This one is the scariest <laughs> for different reasons. I, I don't even know where to start. I hated this movie. I, I hated it. <laughs> it's the first time Sigourney Weaver and I, as far as I'm aware, we're not on the same page. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it. I just... I don't hate it either, but I don't like it. <laughs> I feel like the... It's, it's the... Um, the Job of the family. <laughs> like the Job Bluth of the alien family. I don't care for Job. Um, James Cameron called it a slap in the face. Um, David Fincher disowned it, which it was his first feature. So can you imagine going from making Gap commercials and music videos to, hey, here's a massive a legacy franchise. franchise. Yeah. Um, with Sigourney Weaver at the helm, you know, as the lead. Um, but I will say... There's a, I forget what it's called. Trent, did you, did you remember what they called the, it's not director's cut because it wasn't anything special to do with edition. David Fincher. Special the edition. what? The special well, no, 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 no. Um, no, there's a certain like name for it. I'm going to Google it while you guys talk in a second. But um, there's another cut that's apparently like another 15 to 20 minutes longer uh, that adds context to things. I don't know if that would honestly make a difference for me in this movie to be completely honest. Um, but it was in like development hell and it went through four scripts before they finally, assembly oh. cut, yes, thank you, thank you. Um, it was like right from the tip of my tongue. I was like, not the Avengers cut, not the activation <laughs> cut. Like I was like, <laughs> I just Avengers watched Loki. Cut. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we, we got Loki this week and so now I have like Avengers on the brain. It does, see, I, I've only seen the assembly cut once and it was like, two or three years ago at this point. So I don't remember everything it adds in, but I do, I do know for some people it makes a difference. I don't think for me it really did because it, it doesn't strike me in my memory as anything stand out. But it was in development hell. Like I said, it went through four different scripts before we even got what we got here. And in one of the scripts, the prison was a monastery instead of a prison. So she would have been, Trent, that was the same face I made. I was like, what? why? And then... Originally, they were going to split this movie into two parts, which also now knowing that makes 
more sense, I guess, with some of the story structure. Josh's face. <laughs> Josh's face. He's like, what are you talking about? I swear, you guys, because I did so much research for this. Um, a, because I knew we were going to do it for this weekend. But B, I did Fincher Fridays on Clubhouse. And so, um, yeah, this is one of David Fincher's movies that I just can't. I don't love it. And it's like this and Benjamin Button. Like, I, <laughs> I've never seen Benjamin Button. I need to watch that. So oh, it's opinion. very. Mm. <laughs> it is. I, I've heard things. But um, the one thing I do want to say is Sigourney Weaver in the, in the uh, Making a Featurette specifically said that David Fincher, she, he was the only director that worked on this franchise that she felt like she could joke with. Mm. That she can joke with, joke, like have a good time with, like. Well, maybe he didn't laugh more of the movie than took it seriously, and not laugh because I wasn't like laughing out loud. But I think a part that annoyed me a little bit was like you know sometimes when you get a little too deep into um, horror sequels that they become funny rather than wanting mm-hmm. to take themselves like, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I felt like at this point it tried to lean in to some of the humor a little bit more that took away from. It, it almost became a joke of its own franchise for a little bit. But and none of the jokes landed. There was right. No, I never laughed. I, no, I, I never laughed either. I never laughed. And we also lost Ripley. This is not right. the Ripley we just spent two movies with. No. I agree with you. Also, it, on, the, on the special feature cut, I saw that, or on the special feature, I saw that they mentioned, and I never caught this in the movie, so I'm curious if any of you did. Apparently, this planet they're on is infested with lice. They right. said it in the movie. Um, they tell her that she may want to shave her head because they're they're yeah. infested with lice. So uh, that's why she shaves her head in the movie. Which is a weak reason to shave your lead's head is because there's lice on this planet. Yeah, like I made it through kindergarten without shaving my head in public it school. Was, so it was super funny though. Sigourney Weaver said she talked about that because David Fincher apparently was like, "How do you feel about shaving your head with like?" production company in there and she said I looked at them and I said if I have to shave my head there's going to be more money involved <laughs> and I was like make your money it, make it your puts money. you out of other roles like until right. you because even right. if they can wig you yeah like even if they can wig you y'all know sometimes casting has a hard time picturing you Josh I know you feel me as a as a character unless you look a certain way right so I don't know. There were so many moments in this. Like I, I will say one part that made me laugh that I, well, first of all, we start off by literally finding out everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. Like right at the beginning of the movie is that everyone died except Ripley. Um, yeah, she's and unfazed. Yeah. She has she no. Get, yeah. She I'm gets like, laid and then it's like, oh, I should can see if there's aliens on that ship that I crashed on. And I was like, priority. Yes. Priority. Yes. You've been fighting these bitches for decades. I feel like you should care more. And the opening credits are so chaotic. Agreed. The the opening credits made it hard for me to see what the story that the opening credits was trying to tell was. Did that come out correctly? I feel like this movie made me stupider. No. Uh, (laughs) Because in the opening credits, I could see that it was setting up, okay, right where we left off. Okay, an egg hatched. Okay, now there's a face hugger. Okay, now it's causing the 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 crash. Oh, maybe one of them was implanted. We don't know. It was just very much 
Uh, it, I feel like there were story elements to this one that I'm just like, I could be on board with this story element. I could be on board with this idea. There's a part of me that kind of loved the fact that she is the last surviving uh, member of the original spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And fuck, she's got an implant. And I, 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 I kind of like that a little bit. But the execution of it and the way that it all went down for me is just kind of wrong. I feel like we got back to what Sheree said. You made a point. I feel like we lost Ripley because I feel like after spending two movies with her and really like falling in love with the character and really rooting for her the entire time, I feel like this movie made me dislike her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like she just latched onto this child who she finds mm-hmm. out died in a crash and she gives no shits. She's like, I'm going to sleep with the first man who's nice to me. Right. I'm going to shave my head. And I'm gonna wander around and see what's up. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you you literally were risking your life for this kid yesterday. And you're just yeah. like, no shit's good. And, and the way and let's talk about this because this is maybe a little controversial, but like the way that this film handled uh, sexual assault and like rape mm-hmm. culture. Oh my god. Uh, Jesus We get an almost it, I guess. Like what <laughs> we get an almost gang rape scene, almost. She gets saved from that. And then like five minutes later, they're having a meeting about who's going to lead the prisoners. And I'm like. Well, you remember from the beginning when they say a woman is here, they're like, oh, well, we can't see her. We're going to rape her. We're going to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just really pissed off. I was real pissed off by that. Um, that working with Charles S. Dutton being put into the black person who's going to sacrifice himself for her, like both of those things are working to piss me off. And so I was like, oh, 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 oh. It was <laughs> so uncomfortable, like the whole time. And my only, like, I'm looking at my notes right now, like, literally, one of the only positive note that I have is this movie is pretty exclamation point. It looks surprisingly current for 1992. I thought that as well. Um, there were a lot of moments that were pretty. I also kind of thought that it was interesting that a lot of the iconic stills that come from the alien franchise are actually are from this movie. movie. Yeah. Um, the, the still of her against the wall with their, you know, the mm-hmm. alien right there. I'm just like, Oh, what an iconic, beautiful shot. Why is it in this one? That shot has always made me uncomfortable because I'm just like, this is definitely like men making horror the sexual thing. And so I always go for that image when I'm talking about that because like a lot of the horror movies fail that because again, it goes back to men wanting to hear women scream and be weak. And And so it fits in with this movie because that was this movie gave us off the top. It was like, oh no, she's a woman. Pretty much. and, and, and it, it did not sit well with me that she was the only woman in this movie. Okay, and that's what, yeah, sorry, continue. That's what I yeah, want to talk about, though. In ways that it could have been empowering and in ways that it could have been, like, it, 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 it othered her, it made her a victim off the bat. It kind of did this thing where it's just, like, nobody listened to her again. It it, it was, ugh, I I don't like, I didn't like the way that it just I think I think we mentioned it in the last uh, live that it just it it made her such an outsider that it just kind of became uncomfortable to watch. So that's what I wanted to get into because I stopped myself from kind of like going further with that point last live because so in Alien in the first one she's the stick in the mud she's the one that's like we shouldn't be doing this y'all don't go that way 
you're not listening to me, blah, blah, blah. In Aliens, she's the crazy woman. Mm-hmm. The one that's like, y'all are not listening to me again. I have PTSD. I'm a mental patient at this point in my life. Like she's the, basically the canary in the coal mine that people think is insane. And this one, she's the only woman. So like, there's always like some trope. Like we always have like, think about it in rom-coms, how like there's always the current girlfriend who's like not fun. Like, and the guy wants to like play video games and like go play paintball with his buddies. And his, oh, shucks, he would date this cute new girl he met that seems super into the same stuff he's into, but he's got this long-term girlfriend who's, like, the responsible one, the stick in the mud. And then, like, in, like I said, in Aliens, when she's the crazy woman, like, you know, oh, she's so pretty, but bless her heart, she's insane. Like, that kind of stuff. And then in this one, the prisoners, like you said, Trent, literally say, like, do, do not come in here or we're going to rape you. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's horrifying. To me, that's extremely horrifying. And I think kind of continues the theme of the first movie a little bit more than the second one did. That's like the only through line for me. It also was when I became painfully aware that no women have touched these scripts. Because you have this badass who's been battling aliens in space for two movies. And then you put her back in like basically America with America's rape culture values. And you're like, make sure she knows she's always threatened here. And I'm just like, we've had bigger problems than men. Like men are leading to their deaths. but mm. And so I just felt like that was a step back. They took so much of her strength and her power away. and, And like they took so much of her resourcefulness away. Even like it made me feel that like, okay, aliens don't scare Ripley. Okay, being on foreign planets don't scare Ripley. Being around men scares Ripley. And it was just very much like, why did we have to put her so subservient to males when we've had like such a badass, ain't scared of nothing, gonna take charge over her own the entire time. It kind of also seemed wrong. Maybe wrong is the wrong, It, it seemed so out of, seems so out of character for Ripley to be afraid to kill herself. And, yeah. and, and then that stupid fake well, out we get, that's like one yes. of the worst fake outs of all time. I'm like, they're not going to kill her right now. Like I knew they weren't going to kill. Like, I was like, but I also feel, feel weird making that comment because I don't want to like, I, I think in the context of her having like the, 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 the alien inside of her and not knowing what to do about it. I just felt like, the Ripley in two movies ago would have known exactly what she wanted to do, especially when yep. she didn't want to let the quarantine people uh, back into the ship. And so it kind of just like, where did where did it all go? Yeah. I'm curious what you all think about this because Sigourney Weaver said that she wanted Ripley, and she said this while filming the third movie, so take that for what it is. But she wanted Ripley to not seem like superhuman she wanted her to be very um, like everyone else, like an every girl, because she said that she sees all women as powerful. I feel like what she's getting at is she's tired of, because again, women have these stereotypes that men write them into. And so it's either like the superpower or it's like the whore or it's the virgin it's like, or it's the mom. Yeah. And she was saying, give me like a flawed, realistic, grounded woman is what I'm hoping she was getting at. Um, and we unfortunately just don't have a bunch of men writing that, which is why most of the podcast is me sitting here bitching about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> because we don't get it. 
Is this the only movie so far in the franchise that had three writers? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because the first one has one, and the second one has two, I think. Okay. Yeah. Agreed also, with the Android stuff. Mm-hmm. I also read, read it on Wikipedia, because I, that's what I had time for between <laughs> finishing that and coming here, um, that they started shooting without a script, and it felt very much like that. They yes. they did. They didn't have... They only had like the first tenor, like literally it was like less than the first 50 pages. It was something crazy like that. Um, and like Ripley just keeps having, I told you guys, she keeps having to handle the top half of men. Like she just <laughs> drags around another top half of a person. And I'm like, what? why we don't get like the rest of them. And I know I said that last time too, but I just rewatched like parts of it in between. And I was like, Oh my God. So I rewatched, I rewatched the entire thing on, on, uh, Thursday and I was like, oh, I forgot how cringy parts of this movie are. And like Harold Andrews, the prison warden, I told you in a in a text ray, it's he's literally Bane 1.0. Like he's yes. wearing like the coat and he's walking in this like prison and he's like, we've got to separate ourselves from the aliens. And I'm just like, you, this is Bane. I'm like, they straight up lifted Bane from this movie and put him in a Batman comic. Like, and I'm sure the comic fans are about to drag me to hell for saying that, but like. <laughs> I this is this is literally like I don't know if Bane entered the comics after this movie came out. I don't but to me his portrayal in the movie looks and sounds like this, like from the coat and everything. Literally the only like besides looking pretty, I have I have great gowns, beautiful gowns, because it had the, <laughs> <laughs> because it had the best costuming like out of to me, besides like to me the costuming is like three, one all the other movies and then two <laughs> like two is like <laughs> dead last um but yeah this one has like pretty pretty coloring and sets and scenery and it's fun to look at but my god the storyline it gives me very much um if we got a less hopeful fury road in space that's yes. exactly what i kept thinking i kept thinking i was like this looks like mad max this yeah. looks like it like uh, post-apocalyptic. I appreciated the world building that it tried to give into the franchise. Um, and it did kind of make me feel a little bit more frustrated that the entire goal is to get back to earth, but we never get back to earth. Um, and so I appreciated the world building, but at the same time, it just, it almost felt to me like the world building and where we were was an afterthought. Exactly. Yeah. That was like yeah. my whole, the entire time I was like, this movie is serving a visual purpose, but I'm not sure it's serving a narrative purpose. Like, While we're talking about the visuals, this is the first time that the special effects bothered me. They they're terrible. The only they're so bad. Worked, the only time it worked, because it's a special feature, so it showed it, was when it was a close-up on the face and a little thing popped out. And yeah. People's faces out, because that was practical. Everything else was like CGI or whatever the fuck they were doing in the 92 so the there, little there were pieces of the the xenomorphs that were puppeteers and so the the reason it looks so screwed up is because they were using blue screen which is like what was the technology at the time to we watched the i watched the original yeah. i watched the original yeah we all watched the original um the assembly cut is somewhere in on the internet and i've seen it but it's been years um, but the, they talked about it in one of the features that I watched like earlier this week, 
they used blue screen, which again was like the technology at the time. And apparently y'all, they were like trying to smooth out the edges so you couldn't see the puppeteers underneath the practical effects. And that's why it looks like that. Like that's why it looks stilted in some areas. But there, this, there's one specific shot that I busted out laughing in. And I was like, again, this is not supposed to be funny, but it's when they close one of the doors in one hallway and they do like a jump cut to him scuttling down the other mm-hmm. hallway. And yeah. it makes me laugh every time because it looks like they put a uh, crab or a, you know, some kind yes. of crustacean in a maze and filmed it, is, it like it to is. scale, like with a scale model. That's what it looks like to me. I think even in that same shot, the CGI is so underdone that I noticed a couple of times. And in that shot too, the Xenomorph is yellow or green. It's like a green color. Yeah, It's a very like odd, unfinished look to what, yeah. Yeah. Also what is it? When he's caught eating the person or whatever, he's like, that was so weird. Like, what oh, is going on? Why are they shy? Like, right. Especially because he kicks in and snatches who he wants. Like, he snatched Sigour- he snatched Ripley's new boyfriend, was like, yeah. what are y'all doing in here? <laughs> and then like, the- like oh, I don't want to be seen anymore. I'm done. And, and speaking <laughs> of Sigourney's new boyfriend, I feel like this is also a thing that is very frustrating about sequels in horror specifically. Whenever you cast named actors in sequels of horror movies, how wasted the talent goes. Yes. What a waste of talent for Pete Postlewaite. What a waste of talent for Charles Dance. And it's just like, why, why give them apps? What a waste of Sigourney Weaver, to be quite honest. But like, why, why, why give them nothing? Why? Yeah. 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 Also, also, we brought back Lance Hendrickson so we could get more of Bishop, and mm-hmm. then we killed Bishop because Bishop was like, "I'd rather you just kill me." And I was like, "Oh no!" I you brought him back to kill him, and they were like, "Surprise! Here he is, the human you didn't need." And I was like, "Well." But then he wasn't a human. So like, what is going on in the life? Like. <laughs> No, yeah. at the end, he like his ears flop, flopping around. His nose yeah. bleeding. I oh. noticed that too, and I thought that that was just bad makeup and styling. I, I, I didn't. Was I he? Thought a, he was, I thought he was an android, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Is he like a? Is everybody an android? <laughs> All I know, who does she? I'm trying to think because it it just threw me out of the moment so bad when she has to like plug up the one AI. <laughs> who is that? Um. <laughs> It's so gross because oh, he's it's like, this one. He's actually the is it, it's this he's one, right? Plugging in his ears. Yeah. Sorry. I watched all these, like I told you guys, like back to back to back to back to back. So I'm like trying to keep the plot point straight. But like when she has to plug Bishop up, I was like, oh, yeah, there's, why do we keep milk having everywhere. to do this? Yes. Oh, again, sponsored by Got Milk and KY Jelly. Like I don't <laughs> make it make oh. sense. In this one, there was much more drool. Did anyone notice that? Like, yes. The monster was just, just like, couldn't stop. I was like, someone get this man a night guard that fits. He's like. <laughs> like he had rabies. Yes. Oh, my God. Rabies. Oh, can you imagine? What if, like, that was the thing that came down to earth? <laughs> like, no. No. It's like, we don't want droolers. I I love the moment where he reaches through the ceiling and snatches up somebody while they're all talking about the problems. It leaves all this blood, and then the next and scene, the, it's a person mopping it and looking up at the ceiling. Yeah, and I, I'm like, why are you mopping? You have an I alien on the loose too. You don't need to clean right now. I kept thinking, I was like, where is the urgency to get the fuck out of this place rather than just like, no, you got time to mop. Isn't that like, the one f bomb in this whole movie, or is there another one? I don't remember. I think it is. 
I'm so desensitized. I don't even know. I know. I didn't, it doesn't even register with me anymore, but he, I thought we were going to see, so the first time I saw this movie, I thought for sure we were going to see his other half of his body, like drop down. So when we didn't, and we get the little, whatever he was holding instead, and they cut to the guy mopping it. And I'm like, again, what you said, Trent, like, I understand this was like, probably supposed to be a comedic thing, but it just felt like awkward. Mm-hmm. I, I don't funny. know. It, it wasn't funny. It was very awkward. And then uh, there's one thing that I was texting Shrey about, like in between viewings the other day where I was like, okay, so, cause this also has very problematic, you know, racist portrayals, unfortunately, on top of all the other problems, the, um, the main like prison leader, I'm sorry that I keep forgetting characters' names, you guys. Um, oh, like 80, at, at this 85? point, I think it's fair. Oh. It's a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's the other thing. There were so many expendable characters in this movie. They get killed, and I'm like, there's no stakes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we can talk about that in a second. But the he one minute, he's like, we need somebody to step up now that our you know prison warden is dead, and we need leadership. And they all look at Ripley, and he's like, why don't you step up? Colonel or whatever he calls her, lieutenant, officer. and then officer, and then like four seconds later, he's like, "And why should we put our asses on the line for you?" And I was like, what? "Sir, you just asked her to be in charge. You just asked her to be in charge." <laughs> Listen, I, I also when she first started talking about how she felt sick, I was like, "Oh God, you can't be pregnant already. You have an alien. Why did her alien take so long to hatch, and everybody else's was busting out of them?" This is what I was- this is what I was well, bringing up, Trent, during the first one. I was right. like, gestation period, question mark, because everyone else's was like hours, and hers was like two minutes, boom, fully formed, and the skin well, the shedding. Only thing, the only thing I can think of is the one that's inside of her, somehow she knows this, I don't know how the fuck she knows it, is a queen. Oh, uh, well. And not just uh, like that, a regular one. That's <laughs> yeah, it is. Too. I, I was yes, so queen. confused. I was so confused as to how she was certain that it was a queen. Right. I didn't. I didn't know what the clue in to that was at all, or what, or how. All of a sudden, because within the span of I guess like three movies, she's become like the 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 the. the well, get ready for four. I yeah, I was gonna say, buckle up, buddy. Buckle but, up. <laughs> but, but on top of that, like, not only is she like all of a sudden the authority. Well, I mean, she's done a lot of studying, I guess. That's a good word for it, authority. Yeah. But on top of it, when we, I, sorry, I just want to go back to like her not having any emotion. Cause again, the first, what, what, five minutes of this movie is us finding out, not even five, three minutes is finding out that everybody's dead. When she makes them do an autopsy, we have to cut her open. And I was like, yeah, but why? Like. She, if she, she acted like Sheree would in that situation. Just cut her up. Look what, what's inside. Yeah. Of? She goes, just <laughs> chop her up. I didn't answers. But the thing is, she cut up everybody else and didn't go, what about what's in me? What's in my wallet? That's a question that she could have asked early. <laughs> I'm just going to say this some time. <laughs> She's like, they wouldn't dare touch me. It's got to be the other people. It's like, bitch. <laughs> I also wonder how, how, when, when the crash happened, was her pod broken into at all? Because I believe when they found her at the beginning of the movie that her pod was completely preserved and she was fine. So how did she get implanted? That's where I got confused. And the only explanation for her having a queen is because she got implanted and didn't know it 
before, but we don't see that. So I can't like, there's not enough, <laughs> there's not enough information. Like, I'm right. just, like I feel like there's a movie stupid. between two and three that we just yeah. don't, we missed the whole Oh God, shit. how there was like Lion King 1.5. We're going to get like <laughs> aliens. <laughs> 2.1. Lion King 1.5 at least somehow made sense in its own. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like this would be a fine standalone movie, like, if you weren't comparing it to the rest of the, you know, the franchise. But damn, there were parts of this movie where I was like, what is going on? Like, I've, I don't normally have to pull up, like, a Wikipedia summary or, like, a wiki, a fandom wiki summary. But there were so many damn characters and they were all expendable every single one of them i was like there's another guy we don't care about there's another ball guy dying that we don't care about and you know then they, i feel like i feel like if they had let one of those other two characters live with her mm -hmm. then that would have been a character that i would have another character i would have cared about so right. really the only characters i cared about because was ripley which i, I didn't well, understand she was, i don't know who she is but i still cared about her just because of the past but um and that's about it. Well, and then we get this extended scene of some poor random prisoner like getting sucked into the air vent, the big fan. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. goes, I will never forget this line, you guys, because when they find him, he was like, How did you know it was so and so? And he goes, That's that his boot. And I'm like, sir, there are hundreds of prisoners on this spaceship. They all wear the same outfit. How do you know that's his boot? Like, covered I, in blood. A very indistinguishable boot. Like one little blood. bone sticking out of it. And I have an extreme fear of losing a limb. So for me, that scene always grosses me out. And I'm just like, why did we need this seed? Also, sorry, go ahead, Trey. But I have thoughts about the dog and the ox. I was like, what? Mm. Thanks. I just wanna, while we're on this death though, I just want to also yeah. say when they went to investigate, and it was like, what happened? He backed into a nine foot fan. What kind of bullshit? What kind of bullshit? A gust of wind. Nine foot fan. He said, sorry, they said, a gust of wind. How big is sure. this gust of wind? Hurricane size? Like, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. She moves her body like alien. a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they had the wind over here doing like triple time. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're in space, but you don't know physics. Like I, <laughs> I, I also think that this the space that they're in is a very manufactured space. It's a very yes. suspend your disbelief kind of space. I, I did notice that at some points so I was just like, okay, so in space they can breathe, but in this movie, <laughs> in this part of the space, they can't breathe. Like, why is nobody panicking whenever they open like a space hatch in the middle of the outer space? It's just okay. Well, that's like in in Aliens, she opens the hatch to let the alien out in the space, yeah. and I'm like, but in she... Alien, she has to put on an entire spacesuit. Yeah, and open the hatch first. So I'm just like, so I guess it depends on where they are. <laughs> this is very much like pockets of air. Plain space. This is like play school space where you make up the rules as you go. It's like, yeah, if you give me two chips ahoy, you can breathe in the air forever. What? Yeah. If you give <laughs> me three Oreos, you get to, you get to bounce in this moon. Like, I was like, what is? What are we doing? What? When you're a little kid and you're playing games and you're like, I'm the fairy or I'm the Barbie that has fairy wings and wears cheetah print dress. And then your friend is like, oh, I want to have fairy wings. And then you're like, no, I already said that my Barbie has fairy wings. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. like yeah. My character can breathe in space. Like, <laughs> but I have to put crayons. So I'm the leader. <laughs> yes, that's, that's literally what it is. And Trent, I'm so glad you caught the stuff with the dog and the ox too. Cause I'm like, are we supposed to feel bad for the animal? Like I, 
I feel bad for the animal only because a I didn't know these it didn't ask to be here aliens right and I didn't know aliens it's never done an animal before I didn't know that right. was a thing and the dog is just trying to protect the world and no one's listening to the dog it's like go away it's also like what what a flaw in the device of and what a dog is meant to be in this world anyway the dog barks something's wrong go check. The entire 15, first 15 minutes of this movie, the dog is barking. Yes. The dog is alerting people. The dog right. is sounding the alarm. And everybody there is just like, don't touch Ripley. Like, it's <laughs> like we are they not all paying just, attention to don't things. Don't rape ri- Ripley. Don't <laughs> rape. They all just have such, like, raging hard-ons that all their blood is in their <laughs> penis and not their head. And they're just like. You know. Like, they just, like, stare at her, and I'm so uncomfortable. And then on top of that, like, also, when the dog comes out, he's like, what could have done this? And I'm like, I don't know. You're in a damn prison. Like, there's... And also, when the the facehuggers have put the seed in the people before, they've never (laughs) left, like, incisions in the face. (laughs) Like, the dog has been, like... yeah. It was the way you said that, Trent. I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, don't it's do that. It's the way again. Trent said the aliens have never done it dogs before. And that grossed like, me. That I was like, like Trent, for it. To they haven't. Yes. They have never done dogs. <laughs> no. no. The xenomorphs do dogs <laughs> next time on oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> PETA's going to cancel all of us. It's fine. Right? And like, here's the thing with this PETA, we're against it. I feel like <laughs> all in all and so far, because we still have four movies left in the entire franchise, right? Three. Three. Three plus two alien predator crossovers, which we're okay. not doing this weekend. We're, gotcha. So much. I, I feel like there's a part of me that can also recognize like, no, this is a good franchise. These are good films. And it makes me wonder if like, is the third one just the bad, the, Scream 3, awful. Still a great franchise. And it's got what's Ex- face in it. Is he the curse? Uh, the guy who's, who's Bishop? Oh, that's right. He is in Scream 3. He plays the Hollywood director. Oh. Yeah, the one that raped Sydney's mom. I've forgotten. Usually Lance Henderson is Mr. Sci-Fi, and so I I always forget he's in Scream 3 because I like him and I hate that movie, and so I don't want to attach the two. So I'm just like, he wasn't there. Every Every single time I watch Scream 3, and, and and I think I watch the Scream movies maybe about once a year. I love Scream. It's my favorite franchise. I agree. Yes. Every single time that like I watch Scream 3, I really try to convince myself that Scream 3 is a very good movie, but it's just not. You just kind of have to live in the world with it, but it has it's, good it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. But I guess in a way, I guess we can say the same thing for Alien Cubed. There were parts where I had fun. I tried my hardest not to hate watch it after a certain while. Same, same. <laughs> when it when it was over and like the credits started rolling, the first things like the first words that came out of my partner's mouth was, "Wow, this was an awful movie." Yeah, <laughs> and I tried really, really hard. I tried really, really hard to this not have like a hate watch vibe with it, but it just it didn't help itself. And the ending was so this bad. Was... She's holding oh. the thing. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to skip ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Trey. This is one of those movies where if we didn't already have guests lined up and people weren't expecting us to talk about it already, I would have texted Trey to be like, "We need to find another movie." (laughs) (laughs) I don't talk about it. It just had. 
it was such a roller coaster. Like it, there were moments where I was like, okay, like we're getting into it. Like here's some action. Here's some like, you know, some plot. And then it would nosedive to like a different, literally like veer off from whatever we were doing. And I'm just like, my emotions, like it, it was such an up and down roller coaster the entire time. And then the ending, I mean, my God, I know we're skipping way ahead so we can go back and talk about other stuff, but she literally like <laughs> such a cheesy scene. She just, she just like Jesus is into the fire. And I'm like, what the, and then the well, alien bust out of her. It, like bust out and she's just holding it. Yes. It's literally, it's like if you guys have seen like the stained glass of, of um, Mary when she's, they hold, they make her hold a lamb in like Catholic churches sometimes or Orthodox churches. That's what it gave me. I was like, somebody's going to Photoshop this as, as her as like the, you know, blessed mother. I'm like, this is going to be super sacrilegious, but somebody's going to do it. And it did that in like a weird progressive way too, because I had so many thoughts during that scene where she's falling, where it seemed like that scene lasted five minutes long. Yes. It bursts from her chest and she grabs it and she's holding it and my mind goes okay great she's gonna make sure this shit is like Dying. you know yeah. the ring going into mordor like right. making sure that it gets incinerated too but it goes from holding it to yeah yeah it, it's so weird it's not her babadooks i need them to not make her oh god <laughs> cuddle it look <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's what she spent the last two movies killing or trying to kill. And now she has, like, the ultimate, like, I can at least stop this. Like, even if I can't stop the ultimate spread of everything, I can stop this piece of it. And it just felt so, like... It, I, felt, it felt forced to me. It felt like yeah. Sigourney yes. Weaver was like, I am not doing another one of these. She's dying. Had I read this script, I also would have quit... So like, well, that's, I, that's, 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 that's the thing. Was, was, she, was she? She had to have been signed on from the studio. I, 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 I guarantee you, there was probably a clause in her contract with the studio. Like, if you get an Oscar nomination, you have to do a third one. Well, like, so, so what happened basically was like, she was like, if I come back for a third one, I have to have a minimal role. We all see how well that worked out. Um, <laughs> and, the Nev Campbell thing in Scream Three, Scream Three yes. as well. Yep. Yes. Like if I'm going to come back, then I'm only going to do this small role, which like, I'm so excited for Scream 5. You guys have no idea. Um, but it's, it's literally, she got to me, it feels very much like a parallel of her, uh, like Sigourney's journey through these movies to me parallels Ripley's journey through this whole ordeal because she keeps getting like gaslit into doing these movies. Like where they're, they're like, we're going to go back one more time one more time and she's like well i guess if you pay me and then they're like okay we're gonna do it one more time and she's like only if i have like a small you know role and like you pay me for shaving my hair blah 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 blah. and then she winds up being the ending shot of the movie like i yeah. i'm sorry i just can't get over like for me, that for whole me, thing this film proves a point that i that that i make a lot is that it does not you can have the best actors you can have the best director they cannot save a terrible script. There was right. no story here. Okay. There was no story. And you have a great cast. You have a great director who's gone on to do fantastic movies. But then you, we have this. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie reminded me of that one time I like ordered Chipotle and they forgot to put like the good stuff on it. So just like rice <laughs> and tortilla. 
Uh, this reminded me of, and I was yeah, like, where, where, where's my cheese? Where's my you better have driven back, where to, my... back to Chipotle and said, where's my shit? I the Chipotle in town. I fought with them so many times, for I just gave up. I was like, I won't have vegetables anymore. It's fine. Um, <laughs> they kept sending me. Other I like that Chipotle was your only source of vegetables. Yeah, I was trying. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> but no, that's what it reminded me of. This movie was the Chipotle with just like the basics. Somebody set it aside and forgot, and then wrapped it up yeah. and was like, "Here, take it." You and it's like that's not what we asked for. That's not, not it. This is like <laughs> this movie is like you know what it looks like when when the picture and then when you order it from Wish. It's <laughs> 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 literally what this is, and it makes me so sad because again, I love Sigourney Weaver. I like the uh, the idea of the Aliens franchise and its legacy, and I like David Fincher. But this was his first movie, and he his first feature, and he didn't have. I mean, he had a huge budget to a degree, obviously, but like they didn't have a script. So like, it's not all on him. Like, I mean, and like what you were saying, Trent, like he's the only director that she could laugh with. He's definitely like an actor's director. If you like, if you're okay with his work ethic and work method, because you're going to shoot the same thing a thousand times. Like there's literally a joke in the behind the scenes, like DVD featurette where the props department was like, we literally shot the head exploding like a hundred times to get the perfect shot. And yeah, yeah. And then David comes back and it's like, it was like 10 times, not a hundred. Like (laughs) he like chimes in. He's like, it was like 10. Like, but, but there's just, it's weird to see him do this because it feels so out of sync with the rest of his career. Again, this and Benjamin Button, I'm like, I forget that he directed them. You know, what's so interesting to think about what, because I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe the studio didn't allow David Fincher to be David Fincher with this movie. And exactly. How, and how fucking awesome would it be to have a David Fincher alien movie? Alien movie. I know. And, and it, it almost makes me want to think, you know, give him a redemption shot. Give him another yeah. chance at it. Because I do really feel that, like, if you want to, because the first one, Ridley Scott, great. Certain vibe. Second one, James Cameron. Great, different vibe. Third right. one, David Fincher. Oh, this is like gonna like perfect, and it just didn't. It, it didn't happen. And I feel like a, a a proper David Fincher film for Alien, perfect. It makes well, sense. He, he could do horror. He did Seven right after this. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, he can do horror. The the idea of like a gross gross out combined with like a little bit of jump scare combined with like that dread of like being stalked. Like he, that's all in seven. Like he can do it. It's just, they literally had, like I said, maybe 15 to 20 pages of a script. I think it was less than a hundred. I know that like less than 50, less than like a whole script. And then the studio kept like screwing around with the development. And so again, it went through four completely different storylines because also the same thing kind of sort of happened and it got kind of like retconned in the two. <laughs> because we were supposed to see, there was one version where it mostly focused on like them getting back to earth and then the people of earth, like rising up and defeating the alien as a team. And then there was one in that weird monastery instead of it being a prison. And then we got the version with the prison, but this one was like the fight. What we end up seeing is all of those like smushed into, into one movie. Yeah. And so it, the, again, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's like, Right. Okay, we're gonna do action. And, then we're gonna do horror, and then we're gonna right. do like a little bit of slice of life. Like it just. 
and there and there was some thematic things that I think worked well for it, like yeah. um, the fact that she's on a planet where there are no weapons. Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> the, you know, like that little things like that. I was like, okay, there are slices of things that, if there was a better script, could have worked. Absolutely. It does make me wonder, having not seen the following films, something that I did catch about this movie is that they establish an overarching villain that is not the alien species. It is very much the company that they work with. The company in all three films is doing their damnedest to make sure that an alien comes back to Earth. They can make like a biological weapon out of it or anything like that. And so I... I guess in a way I'm looking forward to seeing what the next movies do with that. I, I'm also like not to jump too ahead or anything, but like I think I know Sigourney Weaver is in the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Sigourney Weaver is going to be in the fourth movie. Just like I don't know how Sigourney Weaver is about to be in the second Avatar movie, but yeah. she's going to be there. Where she wants to go, Sigourney. But yeah, and I mean and, the the title of the fourth film kind of gives that away a little bit. Yeah. What's the top resurrection? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful. It's, I was I was like Josh. It's it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. Never mind. <laughs> Looking forward to watching it. But to rewind to your point about being the company, I, that never clicked for me, and that makes it so Resident Evil because Resident Evil is not about the zombies. Yeah. It's about right, umbrella court. Right. And yep. so again, she's playing with another survival horror situation, and they won't give her the survival horror banner. Well, and it, um, I wish they would have leaned more in because they kind of leaned into that at the end with the company being like a real villain. I wish right. they would have done more with that because that's a really interesting concept. Because yeah, like we said in the first film, when she finds out that the safety and lives of the crew were never the priority of the company, it was just yes. this alien. That's like her turning point of being like, okay, well, fuck this shit. I'm burning. I'm blowing it all up to hell. <laughs> when you realize that their entire initial mission wasn't actually to go get the fuel supplies that they needed, it was to go secure the other yep. species. Right. And in the second one, when it's even more so, just like, well, we're tricking you to go back. Here's what we need. Thank goodness you're back. <laughs> yeah. I. It makes me so like. I'm like, damn, like they really should have just, and they kind of sort of do this. And I'm excited to hear everybody's thoughts on four, but they really should have made three, two separate movies after knowing like, because that's what it was originally supposed to be. It was supposed to be two separate, like a part one and a part two. And so when I want you guys to go, well, I'm, well, this will be easier to discuss once you guys all rewatch four. Um, because there's parts of it that kind of get woven in, like from the original script that was split into two that they used for four. Um, it's a mess, but it's fun. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I like the idea of, like, I wish they would have carried more of the company being the evil thing kind of into the rest of the series as well. And it does in some pieces here and there, but like, it's nothing like these first three where it's like the main villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but I feel like Covenant kind of goes there. right. It yeah, Prometheus doesn't at all, but that's really an origin story anyway. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm so excited to talk about Prometheus. I, <laughs> I think that's the one I'm most excited to watch. Yeah. You're gonna love it. I, I really I'm really like really Prometheus. excited to watch Prometheus. Yeah. yeah. Nah. I, 
we should probably start moseying towards the hot takes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know that I really have to. Uh, I know. Every time I'm like, uh, I'm like, I was like looking at the counter and I was like, I was like, there's no way we're going to, because I, because we, we were talking so much and so fast. I was like, oh man, we're going through this so fast. And I looked up and it was at 47 minutes. It's like, okay, so maybe not that fast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to hate about this movie, you know? <laughs> there is. So yeah. my only hot take is that this has the best fashion out of all the movies. Yes. Um, like this and Prometheus. Um, they, like, again, stylistically, I love every single David Fincher movie at face value for, like, the style. Like, like Gone Girl looks a certain way. Yep. Girl Dragon Tattoo looks a certain way. Social Network has that same thing. And then even Benjamin Button has its own, like, folksy vibe that you can kind of get a little, it's like a little warm blanket. It's very feel-good, you know? And, but there was just so many things in this movie that were so distracting, y'all. Like, the alien gestation period. Again, I'm stuck on that for some reason. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And then her, like, them using the ox. They're trading off the ox to, like, figure out if it's going to eat the, if the alien can, like, use it for bait or whatever. Like, and then them being so focused on not sexually assaulting her that, which, like, trigger warning for anyone, you know, that's going to watch this movie later. Um that they don't even try to figure out what's chase. They, they don't even, it's like they go glaze and they don't even recognize the alien danger. And then in two thirds down in the movie, they're all working together and they're not. That part. Even, that's like, what I was saying in the Texas race. Even... Yeah. He's like, he's like, you be the leader. And I'm like, excuse me. What? <laughs> like you just like, literally like five in the movie. It's literally like five minutes before, like after the, we're, we're going to gang rape you scene. And I'm like, never slept about again. Movie? It happens never. because Dutton walks in, he saves her, and then we never talk about it again. Which, again, I, I have said this on this podcast more times than we have episodes. I need men to stop handling assault so clumsily. <laughs> because yes. they're just like, oh, it, it's a fine black boy. It's like, no, once you throw that in there, that's the movie. That's yeah. the show. That's, that's that character. Whenever I see that character, I'm just like, that's that shitty person that we just saw. And you're like, let's make him funny now. I'm like, no, you, you did what you did. <laughs> It's so, yeah. so it's so clumsy. That's the word for it. Like, yeah. So my hot take is that for everything else that's messy, it looks good. And unfortunately, that's how I feel about so many movies now. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I, I could do. <laughs> Josh, do you have one? Hot take. In concept, I think the idea of Ripley being um, that one growing inside of Ripley is actually a pretty cool way to kind of close out how, how it goes down. I think in concept that that could have been really, really cool. Um, I will say I feel very happy that I haven't – that, you know, this movie came out the year I was born. So I do feel very, very yeah. happy that like it didn't that I didn't like grow up waiting for the third one and like get so excited get to watch this in theaters and just get this. Yeah. Um, because I, I I can only imagine how many like diehards were, especially after the second one, because the second one is actually really, really good. And so I can only imagine what the letdown felt like. So I guess my hot take is that I'm just really happy I didn't have to experience that. <laughs> Literally, literally everyone ripped it a new one. Like, Good. David Fincher ripped it a new one. 
Ridley Scott ripped it a new one. James Cameron ripped it a new one. Like, because it wasn't, it was so studio controlled, whereas the first two weren't. Like, that's why it turned out the way it did. Yeah. Like, Studios ruin everything. <laughs> Not, well, this, yeah. This movie reminded me of so many Kevin Costner movies I slept through as a child. Uh, that it almost put me to sleep again today. Why are all Kevin Costner movies like three and a half hours long? <laughs> three and a half hours long, don't make sense, just out here in beautiful scenery doing random yeah. things. And I was like, anybody asked for this, Ripley? And I <laughs> no had plot. to catch myself. <laughs> no <laughs> plot, just vibes. <laughs> uh, my actual hot take is that this this would have been a really, really, really shitty send-off for Ripley. And right. they're trying to make it a send-off because, like, we have that, like, really bad fire situation she's falling into. That's like, Cradling. <laughs> Just like my little alien in me. Um, I'm falling into Mordor with the ring. Yeah. Right? We also just, like, lost her in this movie. She was not herself. I don't know who she was. Maybe she needed Snickers. I don't know. But she was not the Ripley that we'd had for these last two movies. And then at the end, after they kill her in this like really shitty fire with her alien she's holding, they have the nerve, no, they have the audacity. It's the lion, the witch, the audacity of this movie to throw it back to the ending of the first one where she's signing off, letting them know what happened. And they're yeah. like, no, you've lost all this. You lost the rights to this. You don't, you did not earn this. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. I was offended uh, on her behalf. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my hot take is kind of a combination of everything. A, um, don't start making a film if you don't have a script. Right. Right. Note. Number one. Also, studios get out of the way of creatives. Mm. Just let them do their thing. If you don't want to make the film, then don't fucking make it. But don't try to tell them how to do the film. And especially if you're going to have to do four different versions of a script to make a studio happy. <sighs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Just imagine the movie we would have gotten if they would have been monks instead of prisoners. They would all just been walking around. They were around, kind like, of. They were like monks who want to rape people. Well, well, they were in a weird cult too, right? Like it was like yeah. a prison slash cult. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't even, we didn't even get into that because everything else is so. They they talk about in the movie at some point because I think Ripley asks uh, Charles Dance like, "Well, what what is their religion?" And he starts. And to he says that it's like stemmed from like this fundamental. Um, without saying like hard, hard, hardcore Christianity, that it's kind of like but, from that, but it is. Which again, it's. They are also with, saying amen at the very end of their prayers. Well. Right. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, they are. And again, mm -hmm. that tracks with this movie came out in 1992. Like we had just come out of the era of Ronald Reagan. Like we had just gotten into the Clintons, like literally fresh got yeah. the Clintons and like, we were looking back at the eighties and the moral majority and the satanic panic of like, Oh, we went way overboard. Like we went way, <laughs> we were kind of like middle of the road. Then we were like hard, right? Like, <laughs> so, so to me, again, these movies, the one, if I'm going to say something nice, this is like my pageant answer when they're like, what do you want the most in life? World peace. So like, if, if we're going to like tie these, first four movies together the one thing they do really each of them do really well is be a reflection of the time in which they were made that's like the one through line for me through everything because we lose who ripley is as a person we and i get it like people change especially if they do a good job of showing her ptsd but they don't right. and no, like, 
there's nothing. We lose kind of the overall, like, okay, the alien is the villain when it's actually the corporation. We lose the goal of getting back to Earth. You know, we there's all these little strings they could have pulled, these threads they could have pulled, and they just don't. And again, it's a more reflection of the studio having hands in this. Yep. There's too many chefs in the kitchen. It's it's not the recipe writer's fault, essentially. And because I actually kind of like the idea of like the tr- the end of a trilogy, we're made it back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Now Earth has to like come together to fight these aliens. Like, okay, that's an end to a three part story. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, this was not that. It's no. also something that my partner pointed out when we were watching it too that the creature. Well, I'm going to say creature at this point. The alien becomes overall throughout the three movies more so of a creature rather than how they described it in the first one. The Mm -hmm. beauty of what the species was. The beauty about how it was the most perfect specimen. How it did not have any moral guidance. It was like the strongest, like most magnificent being possible. And that is why, that that is truly why, why they wanted to take it back to Earth to like, like do all this stuff with it. But then... I feel like in the second one, because there were so many of them, it kind of became monsters. And in this one, it just kind of became, well, a bloodthirsty creature is trying to, right. trying to go, you know. It's really, it's really interesting. In, um, we're not covering these films, but in the Alien vs. Predator series, they go back to yep. they're kind of the perfect fighting machine. Machine. I don't want to give anything into it, but that's they kind of go back to that, that concept. Maybe they also needed the Snickers because <laughs> we also lost them along the way. <laughs> it's the friends we lost along the way for me. That's my hot take. <laughs> R.A.P. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that that basically wraps this up. Um, we're going to be back here tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Standard. If you're not sick of us, Trent and I will also be hitting up Horrible Imaginings at 11 a.m. Eastern with yeah. Jennifer's body. Um, so check out that fundraiser if you're randomly awake. Um, I'm going to upload the ones we've done today onto the anchor and watch Resurrection because yes. hey. we can't do it tomorrow. <laughs> oh. We're going to get into some Winona Ryder love. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Winona. Forever. I texted Shereen right. the other day and I was like, I'm so happy she has her career back. Right. Same. I, I love that woman. I love one Before or after um, the shoplifting moment. I think it's before. Life. This is right before. That happened. Right yeah. before. I, mean, I think that's right. Because, like, the movie after the shoplifting incident, I remember is Big Daddy. And I was like, Has she not yes. suffered enough? That's right. Has she not <laughs> suffered enough? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I don't know that I want to. It's Adam Sandler. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam Sandler movies movie. are fun when you're a kid and don't have yeah, any no. sort of critical analysis for films. And then when you continue right. to watch Adam Sandler films, you just realize how studios are why Adam Sandler studios. films are, are being made. Studios. As a, as a kid, I saw the value of The Wedding Singer and nothing else. And yeah, then yeah. as an adult, I was like, do I even need to go back for that? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I'm gonna monster. let the happy memories of the wedding singer sit in my happy memories of the wedding singer because I right. actually don't want That's to true. hate the wedding singer. Don't do it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, see you all tomorrow Bye. at one Eastern, twelve uh, Central. <laughs>